Hello, beautiful souls. We bring you conscious content filled with empowering information. Designed to align you with the fulfilling freedom of activated awareness. I am Rachel Alcyon. And I am Daniel Alcyon. Welcome Welcome to to the the Ecstatic Ecstatic Existence Podcast. Hello again, growing global family. You have joined us on the Ecstatic Existence Podcast. And what we love to do is interview leaders in health, wellness, and spirituality from around the globe. I'm Daniel Alcyon. And I'm Rachel Alcyon. And today, we have a fantastic guest coming to you from Toronto, Canada. Mel Bellissimo has spent almost two decades engulfed in the world of Muay Thai and mixed martial arts. He was the owner of a successful mixed martial arts school that at its peak housed over 450 students. He has now decided to give it all up to be a guide, a teacher, a healer, and a ritual master in the lineage of King Solomon. He knows that his purpose is to assist people by providing them tools that will help them become the grandest version of themselves. Welcome to the show, Mel. Thank you so much, Daniel. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. You know, Rachel and I were so lucky to meet Mel at an event called Healers Academy. In Toronto. In Toronto. And Mel was one of our instructors for this process, where over, how many days? Four days? I think it was five days. About four or five days, we learned how to do the modality of the life activation. And Mel was one of our instructors. He held beautiful space. And pretty much as soon as I saw this dude open up his mouth and heard the words coming out of his mouth and his amazing voice, I knew he had to be on the show. Oh, yeah. Well, and Daniel and I received our life activation about a year and a half ago, and it was such an incredible, transformational, life-changing experience. Uh, I mean, I'm totally lit up and on fire for life and creating galore that we decided we needed to have this modality to be able to share it with the world. And so uh, I'm so thankful that through that, that knowing and that trusting and following the divine inspiration that we were led to uh, not only this ancient, ancient healing practice, but then we got to connect with fabulous people like Mel. So, Mr. Bellissimo. Yes, sir. So you have this background as a warrior, as an actual mixed martial arts expert and teacher. And then when I met you, you're teaching in a rather soft voice. You're talking about the subtle body, the energetic layers and sheaths of the being and how to do this very specific subtle energy protocol that you barely even touch the person in the process. So what in the world prompted that transition? Well, it's uh, it's certainly uh, an interesting transition. Uh, although as time goes on, I'm starting to understand that it's actually not that uncommon. You know, two decades I've spent learning how to, uh, you know, call it master the movement of the physical body. You know, in, in fighting, it's very important to be efficient. So you learn how to be efficient with the physical body. Well, true mastery or understanding mastery from the physical perspective, people that understand true mastery understand that mastery comes in mastering the self. And of course, so for me, this transition seems almost quite normal. Uh, maybe an idea of saying that, you know, I've spent so much time uh, practicing, uh, using techniques to be able to defend yourself or to attack. But this transition into this world of, you know, metaphysics and esoteric study 
is actually uh, not uncommon. And, uh, and of course, I think I just feel like this was a wonderful opportunity. Certainly, I had a wonderful opportunity, uh, as both of you did, to take this Healers Academy class. And then, of course, having that great desire to share this modality with others. So, of course, for me, it was just uh, almost a natural transition, learning how to move the body and then saying to myself, I think that there's more to give than just the art of Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu and boxing, what have you. Well, and from what I understand, in uh, most of the martial arts, you're not only affecting the physical, but you're actually working with the energy and you're using the energy to affect your opponent. Or, you know, when you're breaking boards and stuff, it's like, it's not just pure strength. You know, you, you see these really strong men that are unable to do that. But then if you are wielding the energy behind that, then you're, I mean, you're infinitely powerful. So in that regard, I, I see it as an easy transition because you're already working with the energy in one way. And now you're working with the energy in a, a healing modality. Well, you know, Rachel, that's very intuitive of you. I, I think that when you think of martial artists, um, especially in the MMA world, I think that there's just, just become this, I don't know how to explain it. It's become something that, you know, they're really focused on the, the body and the mind. Certainly the element of spirit has been left out. And of course, the, you're absolutely right that there's a, a large component of understanding energy and how to move energy. Uh, uh, some martial artists will talk about things like centrifugal force and understanding. Uh, moving like water and being able to move with the direction of a weapon that's coming towards you or when someone's coming towards you in an offensive manner to be able to use their energy against them. But, you know, it's interesting, Rachel, that you say that because the truth is, is that not a lot of people that I taught at least really understand that concept or maybe take that perspective. So it's it's really, really, you guys are awesome in, in, in being able to identify that because most people that came into my school were just really more interested in, you know, maybe getting in better shape, uh, developing some self-confidence and, and uh, you know, and maybe some self-discipline. And, of course, you know, maybe learning a couple of techniques so that they can be able to, to defend themselves. So the beauty about what I did at my school was I tried to bring that element of energy to them so that they could get that different perspective. That's beautiful to weave it in any way that you can. And, you know, I find that so often out there in the world is people, you know, they come to these spiritual practices with maybe a more superficial uh, entry point of like wanting to have ripped abs or, like you said, have some kind of consistency and a discipline. But then to be able to tap into the, the spirituality and the sacredness. And I mean, this is what all the Zen masters were really going for in the, the samurai and ninja. 100%. You know, Mel, I'm curious. So you have this long history with a really successful martial arts school and practice. So like we're talking about, there is a merging of the spiritual energies with the physicality. But I want to know if there was a gradual awakening within you that caused this change. Or was there like a, a flashing moment that all of a sudden you realized that you needed to go on to something more? You know, Daniel, it's, a, it's an interesting question because truthfully, I'd like to say that, you know, when you, when you look at people like Dr. Dyer, who in his movie, The Shift, they talk about the quantum moment. You know, for me, it was not necessarily a, a, a quantum moment, but more of a, you know, a, a, let's call it a series of events that happened in my life that were very dark. Let's call it very dark. And in that darkness, I really started to reach out. 
And of course, part of me had a, you know, a bit of a pity party first. Why is this happening to me? Why is my life like this? I've, I've been dedicating myself to serving people in, in this capacity of being a martial arts teacher. So why is this, why is this all happening to me? And then, of course, as I called out and I reached out, I, I um, had so many things, really, really honestly and truly, so many things with various compartments of my life that were affected all within a short period of time. And I'd said, universe, God, source, Yahweh, Yehovah, Allah, Elohim, and whatever you want to call it, send some help. Show me something. Give me something. So, of course, I was uh, introduced uh, to a uh, a little short lady from South Africa who just had an incredible energy about her. And, of course, uh, almost four years ago, uh, performed this life activation on me. And I had a couple of bad habits at the time. And the minute that I came out from that life activation, uh, my life, I don't know how, but completely changed. It was like, as you said, uh, Rachel, the, the light bulbs came on. And of course, from there, it was very gradual. I knew that I was going to, you know, I wanted to continue. I, so I did this thing called Empower Thyself. And uh, this was a two-day course that sort of ended with a sacred uh, initiatory ceremony. And, uh, and of course, I continued my journey taking various classes. And then there's just throughout the, throughout the progression of, well, I guess, three and a half years at the time, I just said, you know what? There's enough violence in the world. Uh, we are at a very, very pivotal point in, in the world now. I don't want to teach people how to harm people anymore. Like, you know, it's been, it's been wonderful for me because I had a student that I trained with my hands go to the UFC. And for me, that's the upper echelon of my industry. That's where you want to be. You want to be, if you're in mixed martial arts, you want to be in the UFC. And my student made it there. And of course, I just, I just didn't want to, just want to do it anymore. I didn't want people to hurt each other. I, I love the martial arts. I love the, the, everything about it. Everything about martial arts, the discipline, the dedication to learning a particular technique. All of the things, all of these things that you hear about when you think of, of martial arts. But I just didn't want to want people to use it to uh, harm each other. And of course, from there, I, I decided that I had more to give. I had more to give than just teach martial arts. I had a big heart. I always, know, I, I always knew I had a big heart. And I had shared it with my students. Tens of thousands that had walked through the doors over the course of 11 years. And I just wanted to give more. And it's through this, uh, through this lineage that I found some things and picked up and acquired some tools that I said, these are things that need to be shared with the world. You know, Mel, that is exactly what really gravitated me to you right away when I sensed you in your energy. Because quite frankly, you're a badass. You carry really strong, heavy energy. And everybody that's listening, check out the photo of Mel that it goes along with this episode. And you'll see who we're talking to here. This is a guy you would not want to mess with, but he carries himself in such a gentle manner, such a kind and loving and supportive manner that it was really inspiring as a role model of the, the modern masculine, you know? He's like poised at the ready to, to fight if he needs to and be the protector, and yet he's a huge teddy bear. Yeah. 
a, just Indeed a, I am. like a soft love muffin. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and, you know, another cool crossover that I really felt connected to you with is the martial arts background, because I also have a martial arts background. I spent a few years working in a martial arts supply store. So I sold weapons and geese and samurai swords and, you know, ninja stars and nunchucks and all of these things. And meanwhile, I would just and be... And you got nunchuck skills. I got some serious nunchuck skills. But so, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, I would be just watching all the UFC, the early UFC VHS training videos. And, you know, just compiling my own skills and my own ideas. Always looking up to a real master that crossed over the spiritual arts with the martial arts was Bruce Lee. One of my lifelong heroes. And so... Mm-hmm. When I see you, Mel, I'm like, oh, man, this guy has it. He's the warrior and the healer, which is exactly the thing that in the lineage of King Solomon, we carry is the energy of the warrior and the healer. And, and you know, Daniel, that's, I think, the, the most, to be honest, the most attractive part to me was because we hear the story of King Solomon and, and we hear that, you know, he had certainly a different approach than his father, King David. Uh, but he trained or he cross-trained his healers as warriors and his warriors as healers. And of course, I just kind of felt for me that, you know, as both of you mentioned, I, I am this warrior. Um, I got your back. That's for sure. And it's going to be a bad day for somebody if they decide to, you know, <laughs> hurt my family or hurt my friends. I'll be there first. But the truth is, is that that's not just the energy that the world needs. The world needs also the healing energy. And of course, my, my biggest, my biggest thing now is about a mission, if you will, is about creating a community of people that just love life and then providing these people with tools so that they can live a life that's truly passionate. Because that's what I've done is I went after the things that I love. I got to be honest, you know, coming from an Italian background, you can't imagine my little old Italian mom who's in her eighties now said, okay, you're a good boy. I want you to get a good job. That's, she wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant. And I said, no, mom, I want to be a fighter. She thought I was crazy. But I went after my heart. And that's the kind of thing that I, let's say, speak to uh, when I have an audience in front of me. To say, let's talk about what is it that you love? What is it that you're passionate about? And what about if you could make a decision that didn't have a safety net underneath, but you just did it? And that's the kind of stuff that I want to get out there. And I want to build a community of people that are truly passionate about their life. Because what I believe in my heart of hearts is, is that if people lived a life of passion, the world would be a better place. Yeah, absolutely, man. I got, I got chills from that last little bit. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So let's go into this a little bit. This lineage that we're talking about, this lineage of King Solomon, is today carried by the Modern Mystery School. And Rachel and I are both initiates and lineage holders of this school, as are you, Mel, which is where we met you. So why the Modern Mystery School? Why does it exist? And uh, what is the school's main purpose? Well, I think that that's a, that's a big question, Daniel. You know, the, the Mystery School... Uh, under the Ipsissimus of uh, Goodney Goodnison, went and, of course, had this opportunity to bring one of seven mystery schools that exist on the planet public. So this happened, uh, I believe, July 7th of 1997. So we're actually this year celebrating 20 years of the lineage coming into the public. 
there was another mystery school in the late 1800s and uh, the beginning of the 1900s where the Golden Dawn came out into the public. But then, of course, uh, in the early 1900s, went back underground. You know, I, I think that the easiest way to describe this is as if you were in North America and you were doing yoga in the 1980s, maybe many people would have looked at you, looked at you a little weird. But of course, you fast forward 30 years and, you know, there's a yoga studio on every corner. So what does that mean? Does that mean that it's just mainstream and now it's cool to wear Lululemon pants? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's about a level of consciousness, a change in level of consciousness. And people are now ready to receive this kind of information. And I think that that's the, that's the role of the Modern Mystery School under Goodney Goodnison, is to provide people this, this information. Oh, yeah, people are really ready, you know, everybody's talking about the quickening and the awakening and getting woke, and, you know, this this is right along with it, and I love that you did that comparison. It's like, people may even look at, uh, you know, what's going on with the Modern Mystery School and not really understand it, just like they did with yoga in the 80s, and just give it a couple of years, and it's going to be common knowledge in most households, I believe. Well, I mean, I think we've got some work, that's for sure. I mean, this is this has been sort of my you know, let's call it a challenge, is, is that I I really am very careful still about, you know, some of the terminology, for example, that if I'm using when I'm speaking in the general public, just because there still is this, I don't know, for the lack of better words, let's call it a defensiveness with regards to things like spirituality and religion, and it's still very taboo to speak of these things. But I think you're right, Rachel, I think that as time goes on, uh, just the way yoga has changed over the course of you know, three decades, I think that uh, metaphysics will, will also change as well. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's about protecting what's near and dear to your heart until you know that people are really ready. 100%. You know, Mel, you just used one of my very favorite words, and the title of this episode is actually called Moving from Martial Arts to Metaphysics. So the word metaphysics is really one of my favorite words. I consider myself a metaphysician. So... What in the world does that word even mean? What is the metaphysics? And a second question, why is that study so important? Why is it important to study those things? Well, I think I'll start that, that answer by giving you a bit of a quote. One of my favorite little books was called Le Petit Prince, or The Little Prince. Oh, yes. And there's a, there's a wonderful quote from the book uh, that the fox, I believe the fox tells the little prince, and he says, one sees clearly only through the heart. Everything that is essential is invisible to the eyes. And this is exactly what metaphysics is. It's metaphysical. So the idea that it's not necessarily about what's in front of our eyes that is the only thing, but that there is more. And for those that are, you know, let's call them a little bit more awakened or, or maybe uh, interested or attuned to these kinds of things they understand this this energy that there's more to it than just the physical body uh, some of the people that i speak to talk about this idea and say there's something more uh, and of course you know i've been very lucky to spend some time doing some research and studying and of course being with the school for uh, uh almost four years now there's some really cool things that I've picked up along the way. And I know that Neil Donald Walsh in his, in his um, series of books called Conversations with God, uh, he talks about how God doesn't communicate with words because words are 
uh, utterances or representations to use or, or symbols. But of course, we know, and of course he gives the example of you can love a banana split and you can love your partner, but you know they're two different kinds of loves. But in terms of the words, they're the same. But we know that they're different kinds of loves. So this is, this is to me, uh, at least a, a nice introduction, a brief synopsis, if you will, of what metaphysics is all about. And of course, why do we need it in the world? Well, you know, there's been so much talk about Donald Trump and, and, and politics and all the things that are happening in the world. And of course, there's got to be something more. There definitely is something more. We just got to open our hearts to be able to receive it, to be able to allow for these, the floodgates of this energy to come to you. And of course, it's difficult because we're, we live in societies where it's, you know, instant gratification. If I want it, I want it now. Um, if I didn't have to work out, I wish I could just take a pill and look like a, you know, like a model. And of course, we all know that in martial arts, one of my favorite lines was, repetition is the mother of all skill. That if you want to learn a technique, you do it over and over again. And of course, with even something as simple as meditation, some are very attuned and can meditate quite easily. I'm not a great meditator. I practice it every day. But it's my dedication and discipline to meditating that I hope to get better with it. And these are the things that, you know, certainly, once again, I'm trying to give across to some of my initiates and some of the people that I speak to. You know, I'd love to just throw my two cents in on this exact topic, because I, I really resonate with everything you're saying, and you put it so beautifully. I love that quote from The Little Prince, too, because it is the unseen things that are the real, the real heart of what's going on. I like to just break the word metaphysics down into its literal definition, be very literal with it. So... The prefix meta means above or beyond. And then physics, we know what physics are. Physics have laws, repeatable series of laws, like gravity. If I drop a ball, it will fall to the earth. You know, if I throw a ball, it has a predictable arc based on the velocity and the trajectory that I put into it, right? So we're talking now, metaphysics, that which is above or beyond physics. And all that means is it's the physics we don't understand yet. Lovely. Really. Yeah, that was you know awesome. You were speaking about, you know, some of these um, these things that are happening in the world and have been happening in the world really, you know, since the beginning um, in, in terms of, you know, violence and oppression and things like this. And this is why it's so important, and especially now more than ever, to be cross-trained as a warrior and a healer. You know, and I have a, a background and a lineage of all kinds of healing. Both my parents were healers. Um, they also were cross-trained. They both took karate, actually. That's a, the part of me that is very much lacking. You know, I, I definitely have a lot of fight and fire and could rage if, if necessary. Um, but I would love to cultivate more of a, a skill and a discipline in my warrior, my warrioress. Because, um, yeah, the healer is strong within me, and I feel very comfortable in that regard. But it is to be a balanced individual and with what we're facing now, you know, there are these dark forces. And so, I mean, it's like, it's like Star Wars out there. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. In fact, uh, you know, as a, as a ritual master on the, in the, in the path and on this journey, uh, Star Wars actually happens to be on the, uh, 
ritual master movie watching list. Yep. So, you're absolutely right. Now, Mel, you are not just a ritual master. You are also the instructor of the Warriors of Light program, which is for initiates that are already at the ritual master level. So that's really cool and really impressive. And I know you can't say well, too much, but what can you say about that? Well, I think that first and foremost, I'm, I'm apprenticing to be a teacher. This is a, a, a long process uh, in order for you to be a, what they call a full-fledged Warriors of Light teacher. But I think that's kind of fair. If you want to do any kind of trade, if you will, you have to go through some apprenticing. So I'm going through the apprenticing process right now. And the Warriors of Light program really is a, it's just a, a wonderful program that really touches the points of body, mind, and spirit. You're doing everything from boxing to kickboxing, uh, knife defense, um, uh, Filipino stick fighting. And then, of course, you're doing some of the metaphysical work, understanding energy. And, you know, so it's, it's, it's different every time. It's never the same. And I think that that's what's so attractive about it is, is that it's always changing and you always have to adapt. And I think that that's, that's one of the big things. It's about adaptation. So I think the, the program is, is uh, uh, really, really well designed, and uh, I really enjoy uh, being a part of the, of the process because it's just a, just a great class. And I know, as you said, Rachel, I can't go into too much detail, but, but that's really what it is. It's a martial arts course with a metaphysical twist. Right, and it's all in service to the light, which is what I really love. You know, it's not like... You're just learning how to kick ass for the sake of, like, being a violent kick-asser. It's like... Um, <laughs> kick-asser or ass-kicker. Same thing. Ass-kicker, right? right? It's like... Exactly. Um, you know, it's like there's an honor and there's a reverence and there's a discernment and, you know, when do you use these techniques and when don't you? All in service to the light and the progression of all of the humans on our planet. 100%. So, your business, Mel, your current business that you provide healing services and coaching through is called Decorous Spiritual Arts. Can Correct. you tell me what that means and where you came up with the name of this business? So, interesting enough is, it, is that, you know, this is something that I struggled with. I mean, even with my uh, mixed martial arts business, I had trained and had the opportunity to live uh, for a couple of years in, in Chiang Mai, Thailand. So when I trained, my the first camp that I originally trained at and was sent to from here to uh, from Toronto to uh, Chiang Mai uh, was called Lana. So of course I immediately fell in love with the camp at Atlanta, and of course named it that. This particular one gave me a little bit of trouble. I didn't know what to name it, but uh, so I decided to look up what the word Bellissimo, which is my last name, what it would sound like in Latin. And the Latin word for beautiful, which is what bellissimo is, is decorus. So I decided that I was going to do something to uphold the family name. So we called it Decorus Spiritual Arts Academy. Which is so fantastic because beauty, you know, I, I've heard along the, the way that spirit or God actually like feeds on beauty. Like that's what nourishes our souls is beauty. And, um, you know, it really is one of the highest vibrations on our planet. Love, beauty, gratitude, faith. You know, Rachel, you're, you're really good at this, eh? That's exactly <laughs> what, that, that's exactly what it was for. It was for my family name, but it was also about why, why would I want to want something that had beauty in it? We're all special. We're all very important. We all play a role and we're all very beautiful in our own way. 
And that's why calling it decorous meant that this is an academy and a spiritual arts, a place where you can come to and feel beautiful. And you know, man, isn't it such a beautiful transition that you came from the world of MMA, which is not necessarily very beautiful. There's some blood, there's some sweat, there's some tears, there's some, like, cauliflower ear going on with those MMA guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some crooked noses. <laughs> and, uh, Indeed. Now you're working in the realm of beauty, so I really appreciate that. Well, you know, Daniel, I'll tell you that I, I will. I will try to, you know, impart this with you. It's funny because the mar the mixed martial arts world is really looked upon as this sort of violent, vicious, you know, two men or two women fighting in this octagon cage like animals. But I'll tell you, there's a, there's a wonderful thing when you're practicing. Because what, and, and it's actually a student of mine wrote an article for one of the, the, the major newspapers in Toronto. And he said, while somebody sees a knee to the face as being very violent and, and aggressive, a practitioner sees it as thousands of hours of training at, at the gym to be able to, go, to do that, to be able to execute that technique. And what I loved about Muay Thai, in specifically Muay Thai, is, is that when you go to Thailand, they don't make Thai people very big. That's the truth. They're not very big people. But they have an energy and a technique and just a way about them that they are so beautiful. And that's why I love Muay Thai. Because Muay Thai is fought in a boxing ring. But and I'm not sure whether or not you knew this about Muay Thai, but they do... A special, a special ritual dance called the Ramoy Wai Crew. So it's not like boxing where you see the guys, they come out, they do the strut, their music's playing, you know, the rappers are going in the background. The, the Muay Thai fighters come out, they have a robe on, they have something on their head called a monkon, which looks like a tennis racket with no strings. They've got these armbands called prachets. They've got flowers around their neck and they wear the robe of their particular camp. When they walk into the ring, they perform this ritual dance. And it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And they do it with such grace and with such style. And then, once they've completed, almost like the calm, if you will, before the storm, then they go and they compete. And when you watch them, there's a beauty about them. Watching how God created the physical body so beautiful and watching it in action is just remarkable. You know, I always thought of myself as more of a ninja. I was kind of a ninjutsu, uh, kenpo, karate background. And I was always a little bit scared of the Muay Thai guys. They were, <laughs> there's a little, there's an energy they carry that you're talking about. There's a, a speed and a quickness and a ferocity of technique, you know, that is kind of unmatched. And the fact that those dudes, the real guys that are out there training, they'll sit there and shin kick palm trees for like four hours a day, you know? For fun. For fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite impressive art. Indeed. Indeed. And very beautiful at the same time. Well, and it's called martial arts for a reason, because there is an art and a grace and a, a fluidity. And that's, you know, when you're in the flow, that's always beautiful. You know, Rachel, that's that's what I really tried to impart with my students, that this was an art. That's exactly what I used to say. Guys, you're taking a martial art. Therefore, it's got to be beautiful. Therefore, there's got to be your own, your own individuality that comes with it. So I, I agree 100% with you. 
So now again, I'm thinking about how you've how you've crossed this over into the healing realm, and the same way that with repetition and with training a specific physical block or kick or arm bar might be second nature, and you might just go right into it without thinking in the mental mind. I think it's the same way with the spirituality, as you move more into practice with meditation, and as you do more and more of these life activations that we discussed earlier, that the sensing of the energy begins to be second nature. And there isn't as much of a grasping or a looking for the feeling, it just happens and moves through you. Would you agree with that, Matt? hundred percent. In fact, that's why I think it's so important to sort of uh, get out there that, you know, meditation can be anything. I mean, you know, I, I wrote a blog on this before that when people think of meditation, they think of a, a Buddhist monk sitting down with an orange robe and they're in silence and they're crossed and they're in, you know, yogi position. And that's not meditation. Meditation is about you focusing, focusing on one thing. You could do a walking meditation. You can do a dancing meditation. And I think that what I what I really strive to impart with people is that do meditation every single day. And if you can sit quietly for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes a day, great. Because in that silence is when you will receive the answers or maybe you receive some sort of uh, inspiration. It won't come to you when the mind is busy, what we call the monkey mind. It'll come to you when the mind is quiet. So let's not make excuses and say that we're too busy to meditate and make excuses to meditate. And that's what I'm trying to pass on. So you're absolutely right. This is really important. Meditation is one of the key foundations of, of the mystery school. Its foundation is on a three points of meditation, prayer, and ritual. You talked here about the walking meditation, which is a wonderful technique that I love to share with students as well and my clients. And that's one of the ways that we can use the physical body in a meditative state instead of, like you mentioned, the just sitting perfectly still, just sit there and do nothing and think of nothing. That can be really challenging for some Western minds, for some modern... For most. For most. For most. Yeah. Especially in our, you know, busy hustle and bustle world, that's almost too drastic. And so a walking meditation is one example of a perfect way that gets you there. It bridges the gap. And what we're striving for in meditation, or striving isn't even the right word, but what we're opening ourselves up to by meditating is, like you say, receiving information, receiving downloads, receiving clarity, receiving stillness of mind. But we're really moving towards no thing, because meditation becomes nothing or no thing, right? But... Exactly. Actually going to no thing. Right now, we live in the world of 10 billion things, right? There's like your phone's blowing up from all your social media. There's a million things on Netflix. There's anything and everything you want to do is, is available to you. And so to get to no thing is almost terrifying, right? So absolutely. when somebody does something like a walking meditation, one example, we've done one thing. So practice doing one thing, because one thing is just only a step away from no thing. Well put. That was awesome, Daniel. That was, that was awesome, actually. And that's exactly the point. The point is, is, is that you're right. We, we, we are bombarded with information at the tip of our fingers. And, you know, I mean, I used to joke with my students that I know people that take their, you know, their phones to the washroom with them. So you can't even go to the washroom and be peaceful. 
No, it's uh, it's currently biologically impossible to take a dump without bringing your phone with you. You can't do it anymore. <laughs> of course, and of course, this is what's 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 you know what's a, a marvel to me because you know twenty years ago that's not that wasn't the case. You yeah. would just go and do whatever you have to do. You would do your business, but you would be doing one thing. Now everybody has to be doing seven. And I think and you're absolutely right. This is another example of why we talk about, like, why is this stuff important? Why is steadying some of these old, old ways important? Because, for example, the Modern Mystery School, this is a 3,000-plus-year-old tradition. So why is it important to study things that are, that are that old? And maybe it's just because the world is changing so quickly. Like, some of our ancestors or some of our, you know, the older cultures of the world, like the Native Americans, the ancient Chinese and Japanese, the Indians, the Sub-Saharan African, you know, Australian Aboriginal, they all had this innate connection with source, spirit, God, 24 hours a day, all the time in their waking moment. And so maybe we're just so distracted now that we forget so it's time to come back to it. It's time to study the ways that we can reconnect. Well, absolutely. And I mean, I think that the proof is in the pie, right? If the world was in a good place, then there would be no need. Because the world's already in a good place. But the world is in a very challenging time. And therefore, we have to go back to, you know, what we would call history. And look back at the things that they did. How they spent a lot of time in nature. Um, how they connected with nature and how they found God through nature. Or that for maybe some God was nature. But I think that, you know, looking back and, and, and looking back at lineage, see lineage is an important thing for me. Uh, you know, when you talk about Muay Thai, it's 2,500 years old. So I used to joke and say, well, I guess they know what they're doing by now. It's 2,500 years old. So for me, with the lineage and, and the lineage of King Solomon being, you know, 3,000 plus years old, that really resonates with me, that holds great value, because it just means that if King Solomon decided that he was going to get all the shamans, uh, medicine people, oracles of the world, and bring them into one location, to this temple that he built that housed 300,000 people, and he said, we're going to come up with a system that works for everyone on the planet, not just if you're from you know, the Southern Hemisphere or if you're from the Northern Hemisphere. We're going to come up with a system that works for everyone. So the life activation, the initiations, work for everyone, not just for one kind of person, you know, depending, dependent on race, culture, or creed. So, of course, you know, we have to look to that because I think it's really, really important to, at this point, to say, okay, we need to start changing some things. And maybe we should start by doing the simple things, like sitting quietly for five minutes. And finding practices that are rooted in a lineage because they've been time-tested and gotten great results over thousands of years. 100%. You know, Mel, you and the other co-teachers at the Healers Academy that Rachel and I attended did such a great job of teaching us the techniques, but I can honestly say I don't fully understand what's going on. You know, I, I know the techniques and I've performed many life activations by now and I'm very honored to do the process. And the work works. The thing is, it works. I don't know exactly how it works, but it works. And that's what I can put 100% faith in. Well, and, and you said exactly that. And of course, in your wonderful def, uh, definition of what metaphysics is, maybe it's just about doing the work. 
just do the work and let the energies of the universe do what they're supposed to. Because that's really what I understand of it. There's a lot of things that even as a teacher, uh, you know, and, and, or as a, as an apprentice teacher to learning and to be able to do that class and teach it on a more frequent basis. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know, but that's okay. I have faith. There's something in my heart that says this is working and this is going to help this person. And in the end, you know, we learn and empower thyself. How do you get to know God? Well, you really get to know yourself. Then how do you really get to know yourself? You know yourself through service to others. And that's what I'm doing. You know, another thing about the life activation that I find so interesting is as a yoga instructor, I freestyle every single class intuitively. I might have an idea of the direction that I want to go. I might have a little bit of a format laid out in my mind ahead of time or a focus. But what comes through at the time, the techniques that are shown and what is taught at the time specifically is intuitive and it's based on that individual moment. So I was so used to working this way and letting the artist in myself express creatively through the teachings and through the yoga that the life activation is a very specific protocol. And it is done exactly the same every single time all around the world. So whether you get a life activation practitioner in South Africa, in Brazil, in Japan, in England, or in California, or here with Rachel and I on Bainbridge Island, Washington, or with Mel in Toronto, you'll be receiving the same procedure to a team. Exactly the same. And yep. that was a little bit challenging for me, but in the end, I ended up really respecting that process and really appreciating how specific and regimented it is. Excellent. Well put, Daniel. It's exactly that. It's about this idea that if King Solomon said, this is the way that it is, because he feels based on all his years of, you know, they called, they didn't call him King Solomon the wise for nothing. You know, so of course, he, you, he got this down and he, he used this life activation uh, and he used this healing modality and he said it works. So what I love about this is, is that, and you said it, Daniel, that this is about it being the same. There's nobody's opinion that says, well, you know, I think I'm going to do this a little different. No, no opinion. This is the modality. This is the way it works. This is what you have to do. This is the protocol, and if you stick to that, let's call it magic. Something magical will happen. But don't change it. Don't put your opinion. Don't put a twist. Just do what we've been taught to do, and magic will happen. And time-tested, it works. Tried, tested, and true, absolutely. And you know, in this procedure, this life activation, we are actually infusing higher levels of light into the DNA. And so we work in the etheric structure and layers of the body on several different levels. And so that's not something you want to just go freestyling around in, you know? Exactly. Exactly. I don't think that you don't, you wouldn't want a surgeon to do it like that. You wouldn't want a surgeon to freestyle. <laughs> yeah. And I think that this is the same, the same thing. Well, Mel, it was an absolute honor working with you in that capacity. And it's been a real treat. Uh, hearing some of your story and your big warrior's heart coming through in such a kind and loving manner. 
Thank you so much for sharing of yourself with all of our listeners from around the world. So thank you. Let's share with the listeners how they can connect more with you and learn about what you have to offer and maybe, you know, how to hear some of your cool Facebook posts and talks and uh, inspirational moments. Well, first off, thank you, uh, Rachel and Daniel, for giving me this great honor. I'm really humbled doing these kinds of things because, well, first and foremost, I am a student and I will always be a student. Um, and of course, uh, you know, when you talk about being a teacher, well, I can't be a teacher unless I have students. So, of course, it's this thing where I'm just so grateful to be able to share some of this with you. And, uh, and if it, if it has an effect, if it, if it touches someone, if it resonates with someone in one way, and even if it's just one person, then one person is going to be, let's call it touched by spirit in a different way. So thank you both for uh, your efforts and, and the work that you do, because you guys, I follow you guys on Facebook, and you guys are doing just an awesome job of getting out there. Daniel, you're like a social media master, and uh, I hope to be i hope to be a little grasshopper next to you when it comes to the social media world. Uh, as far as getting a hold of me and, and uh, staying in touch, uh, my website, decorespiritualarts.com. Uh, you can find me at uh, on uh, I have a Facebook page, Decor Spiritual Arts, and uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Decor Spiritual Arts, all that stuff there. And of course, uh, you know, send me an email, mel at decorspiritualarts.com. If there's something that I can do to help uh, any one of the listeners, if there's a question that they had, uh, they can certainly get a hold of me. Oh, thank you so much. Of course, we will have all of those links directly in the liner notes of the show. So. You can always just go through the notes and click on the link. It'll take you right there. Thank you so much, Absolutely. Mel, for being here. Uh, I am Rachel Alcian, and you can reach out to me through uh, my website, rachelalcian.com, or at Facebook. I love connecting there as well as on Instagram. And, yeah, I mean, if you are inspired and you're in my area and you want to receive a life activation from me, please be in contact. If there's other levels of support that you would like to receive from me, I am I would be honored as well. So know that you can um, reach out to me for many, many different things. VIP days, VIP uh, retreats. Yeah, and even Rachel uh, sells some beautiful LuLaRoe clothing out of our floating boutique. So there's an online group for that. Uh, this woman does everything. It's a very broad spectrum. So you consider yourself very lucky if you reach out and work with Rachel in any capacity. Well, here's the thing. you got to get at health and wellness from all angles. And so I like to provide entry points for all of those angles. And it all fuses itself beautifully into holistic luxury and vibrant sexuality. Yeah. I am Daniel Alcian. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. You can reach out to me, Daniel, at ecstaticexistence.com. Check out the website, ecstaticexistence.com. Dig through there. There's all kinds of goodies for you. A uh, free download of a meditation, mudras, and the metaphysical workshop. So check that out. Also, I would be more than happy to give you a life activation and see you step into the fullness of your being. Mel, I'm sure as well, you can reach out to any one of us if you're in our area, and we will also help direct you to where you can find a practitioner near you if we are not in the area that can serve you. Our show, the Ecstatic Existence Podcast here, is listener-powered and supported. So this relies on a three-point pyramid of support. The first level being word of mouth. Tell everyone you know, talk about this badass show that you just heard with a MMA coach turned metaphysical healer. Don't get to hear that anywhere else. 
Uh, number two is the social digital world. So the digital world is an extension of your physical world. Click like, click share, leave comments, post reviews on our iTunes page, subscribe. All of these great things really help keep everything up in the search results and show up to more people. Yeah, leave us messages. Yeah, leave us messages. We even have a phone line that you can call now, and we've been getting lots of messages, and we love it. Keep them coming. That helps us determine what you want more of and helps get us in touch with people that you think would be great for the show. That phone number is 206-249-9064. We'd love to hear from you. 206-249-9064, the Ecstatic Existence Hotline. Reach out leave us a message. The third leg of support that this show relies on is the financial end. It costs money to host and post the show, the, the bandwidth and storage that keeps all of these episodes coming to you completely for free and available for download. So we also have decided to make the show completely ad-free. We don't have any outside interests or sponsors telling us who to talk to or how to run our show. We'd love to keep it that way. So your support is greatly appreciated. You can leave a one-time donation through PayPal, ecstaticexistence at gmail.com. You can also choose to become a sustaining member by checking out our Patreon account, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And this campaign allows you to make a monthly donation anywhere from $1 up as high as you'd like to go. All levels are appreciated. Our sponsors make the show work. We're ever so grateful for you. Thank you all so much. We love you. Check you next time. One sees clearly only through the heart. Everything that is essential is invisible to the eyes. 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 Invisible to the eyes.